Well, I trust today that what we say and what we do here is a sweet sound in the ears of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And not just today, but every single day. Now, we want God to be pleased. We want God to love us and care for us. And He does do that. But we definitely want Him to be pleased with what we are doing here. Amen. Well, if you have the Word of God, take your Bible and turn to 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8 this morning. When we get to 1 Kings chapter 8, we're going to begin reading in verse 1 of that chapter and read through verse 11 or 12. Beginning in verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 8. The Word of God states, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month uh, Ethronim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark, and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in tabernacle, even those did the priest and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord into his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without and they, there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there uh, at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then spake Solomon, uh, the Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Holy Father and most righteous God, I thank you today. I thank you today for our church and our people, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we can come together here and we can worship and praise you. And Father, as the chorus said, we do love you, Lord. But Father, may that love truly be seen today. Father, may we extol thee today. Lord, may we lift you up. May our voices be that, Lord, which will praise you and honor you this day. Father, may everything that is said and done here this day be done to glorify your name. And Father, I pray today that if there be one in this congregation, Lord, has not come to know you as Savior, 
Father, it's my desire. Lord, I know it's your desire that they would be saved before it's eternally too late. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move across the ranks of this congregation, Lord, and speak to us individually. Help us, Lord, as that mighty rushing wind flowed across the people there in the book of Acts, Lord. May your Holy Spirit do the same here this day. And Father, may we be blessed as we bless thee. Again, Father, we thank you, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you would bless your word. And Father, that you would undergird me and strengthen me as we preach your lesson this day. For Father, we ask this now in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for his sake alone. Amen. You may be seated. What a blessing that day in that, in that temple uh, for the glory of the Lord to uh, shine forth in that place. You see, it's kind of interesting that this is really the first service that they had in that temple. The temple had, was uh, on David's heart. David had wanted to build this temple to the Lord. He wanted that to be just perfect. He wanted it to be just right for him. He wanted it to be, again, something from his heart. And in Scripture, you'll find that uh, Solomon, uh, David's son, he, he shares uh, these things about his father. He shares these things about his father's heart and how that he wanted that, this temple to be built. It didn't happen, not with David, but it did happen with his son. There was preparations that were made with David before David passed away. And David on his deathbed, and as we read in the first uh, parts of uh, 1 Kings, you'll find there that David on his deathbed comes to Solomon, or he has Solomon to come to him, and he shares with him some things that were vital for him to understand. He shared with him how much he loved him, but yet how much he would need to stand for the Lord. He gave him some great advice that he needed to make sure that he always stood with the Lord and trusted the Lord for everything. He even told Solomon, he says, I want you to do this because he says, I know that you're wise and your wisdom will grow. And it did. And this is one of the reasons why that Solomon was blessed as he was. Many things began to happen with Solomon at that time. Solomon was a, a young man at that time, actually a young teen. And then he grew in to become a king. David, the Bible says, he reigned as king over Jerusalem for 40 years. Solomon also reigned for 40 years. There was not another king that reigned any more than him, than Joash, who reigned for 41 years. And so these three kings, uh, and of course uh, David and uh, Solomon, they reigned for many, many years. And the country was blessed. Now, they had bad things that happened. There was troubles and trials, but God always blessed them. But one of the greatest blessings that they had was here in this scripture where we read that King Solomon, he now brings something into place that needed to be done. This was one of the first times that the old tabernacle, uh, that tent and the ringlets and the rods and all these things was no longer going to be used. Now the temple was being built. And it was built to the same specifications, <coughs> excuse me, as the tabernacle was built. 
There was the outer court. There was the entrances in. There was the steps going up to it. As you went in, there was the laver that was there. And there was the holy place as well, or the holy of holies at the back of this place. <coughs> Excuse me. And you'll find there that in that holy place is what we speak of here in this scripture where it talks about the oracle of God in the holy place. He was basically talking about the place there, the holy of holies, where the ark of the covenant would see it. And he tells us what's in that ark of the covenant. And so for, <coughs> for Solomon and all these people, I can imagine how, how blessed and how excited they were to get into this house. To get into this place and worship the Lord and honor the Lord. And then how that the glory of God began, that Shekinah glory of God began to fall down upon this place. God manifested himself there that day. And it is my desire today that God would manifest himself here in this place the same way. I would love to see the Shekinah glory of God fall into this place. I would love to see that glory fall upon each and every one of us. Pardon me. I would love to see that happen to each and every individual in the house of God because as the power of God began to fall upon us, the great blessings would flow from this church and this church would, would boom and blossom like we'd never seen it before for the glory of the Lord to fall down. His presence was known there that day. There was no doubt when the people left that area that day that God had been there. And it's my desire that when you leave this house today and any other Sunday or Wednesday, it is my prayer and my desire that you know that God was here that day. Amen. And so what great things happened. Now how can we expect to see and feel the presence of the house of God and the, and the glory of the Lord in this house today. Well, there's some things I want to share with you, but before we get into that, I want to share a few more things with you from the Scripture. Look with me to verse 9. Verse 9 says, There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone, which Moses uh, put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. Now, I want to speak to you today on the subject of the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. And here, the glory of the Lord came forth into the house because, first of all, <clears throat> the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the place. The Ark was the representation of God being with the people. Remember, that was the presence of God, and it represented the presence of God. But there inside the Ark of the Covenant, at this time, there was only the two tables of stone which had the Ten Commandments on it or the Word of God. And so immediately when the Word of God, when the priest brought the Word of God in, as they set it down in the Holy of Holies, immediately as the Word of God came into the place, God's Holy Spirit moved into the place as well as being evidenced by the great cloud that fell into the place. In fact, the great cloud was so great that the priest, the Bible said the priest had to actually kneel down because they could not see around them. So they knelt down and the press of the cloud pushed them down on their knees. 
I think of that today and I think about the fact of the Word of God. The Word of God is so powerful today. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It, it, it goes in and it comes out, dear friends, and cuts asunder both ways. The Word of God is very powerful. And I notice here something about this that I want to draw your attention to, that the glory of the Lord cannot fall into the house of God until the Word of God comes into the place, dear friends. That's why we have services in our churches today. That's why we have preaching in our churches. That's why we have the Word of God preached. And that's why we need the true Word of God, dear friend. We don't need some example of the Word of God. We don't need a part of the Word of God. We need the entire Word of God. And when I speak of the Word of God, I'm speaking of the King James Bible, dear friends. Now some of you may use other Bibles, and, and when you do that, do it in your home. But when you come to the house of God here, make sure you bring your King James Bible. Because that's what we stand upon here. It is the oldest manuscript or translated from the oldest manuscript, the Texas Receptus. And I won't get into all the explanation of the Texas Receptus today. That will come in another time when we look at, at translations and versions. But dear friends, the Word of God came into the house of God. And as the Word of God came into the house of God, God's people brought the Word of God in. It was the priest that came in and brought the Word of God. We need to pay attention to the preacher when he brings the Word of God into the house of God. When he brings that, that Word that God has told him that he's been preaching, that he's been studying, that he's been working on all that week. Sometimes for weeks. Just because I preach a message today doesn't mean I just worked on it this week. It could be a message that's been being worked on for, for weeks and sometimes even years. I have a message right now at home that I have been working on for 10 years. You say, preacher, it's taking you that long? That's exactly right. Because I'm waiting on God to give me the word to say. What I'm trying to show you something here in this scripture is if we want the glory of the Lord in our house here, and believe me, I do. If we want the glory of the Lord, we must listen to the preaching. We must hear the Word of God. And we must accept the Word of God. And we must accept what the things that God is doing in our lives and doing in our church. And as we do that, the glory of the Lord will fall down upon this place. And we'll have to fall down to our knees and be humbled because the power of God is so strong in this place that we can feel it. And when we leave this place, everyone else can feel the power of God as well. Because the power of God will fall then down upon us and that power, that Shekinah glory will be there so great to us. These, these men, these were Levites, these priests that carried it in. You remember what I've shared with you before that no man could touch the ark because if he touched the ark, God had told already for them not to touch it. And if they touched it, they would die immediately. And that did happen. I shared with you about Obed-Edom and how that uh, the uh, men, when the cart that they were carrying it on, uh, that it began to move a little bit. And one of the priests held up his hand to hold the ark there on the, the little cart that they were wheeling it on in. And when he touched it, he died immediately. And David stopped at that point and said, Hey, we're going to take this uh, ark into the house of Obed-Edom here. 
and Obed-Edom because the Ark of the Covenant was there. Uh, his house was blessed. Every, everyone in his house was blessed. In fact, later on, when they came and got the Ark, David brought him then into it. He became one of the chief gatekeepers there in Jerusalem because God was blessing him. You see, when the glory of the Lord is in the house, everybody gets blessed, dear friend. When the power of God is in the house, everyone gets something. Wouldn't you like to get something today when you, when you leave this place to be able to say, man, we had church today. God's glory really fell down today. Wouldn't that be great? Amen. And that's the way it was that day here. Oh, there was a bunch of people there that day. There was a bunch of people there. In fact, not only was there people there, there were animals there too for sacrifice. In fact, the Bible and the Scripture that we read earlier, it tells us there that, that you could not number the amount of animals that were there because there were so many of them. People were thronging around just to get into the, the temple that had been built. And what a beauty it was. Do you know that people, even in the, the society that we live in today, have been looking for Solomon's temple for years? Because it was heralded that there were great riches in, in Solomon's temple. And they would go there to try to find the great riches that were there. You know what the great riches were that was in Solomon's temple? God's holy power. That's the greatest rich, dear friend. The greatest thing that he, could have, that he could have had, that God could have brought into that house, was his own presence. And the greatest thing that God can bring into this house today is not necessarily monies, and yet we need monies to function. The greatest thing is not necessarily people, and yet we need people because people help the church. It's not necessarily children because we know that older people will die off one day. It's not necessarily all those things that we need. It's not necessarily playground equipment or new parking lots or all these things like this. The thing that we really need, dear friend, in the house of God and that we always need in the house of God is His power. We cannot move forward without the power of God. And what enables the power of God in this house is the man of God bringing the Word into the house. And then God filling the house with His presence. I love that. I love the way that God works. I love how He has this all set up. And it's such a sweet blessing. I shared with you a few moments ago that these men that carried it in, they were priests. And, and all the priests of that day, they came from the tribe of Levi. Uh, that's where all the Levitical priests came from. But now... Just because they were priests and they came from the, the tribe of Levi, Levi did not mean that all the tribe of Levi were priests. They were not. Uh, some of those people were pretty mean and pretty ugly, you know. And some of those uh, of the tribe of Levi didn't always obey the Lord. But that's where God chose the priest from. Now, I tell you, dear friends, God is working God is doing a wonderful work in our world today. And, and, and I, I see it. I stand back in awe at God. And I see the presence of God in churches like ours. I see the presence of God in other churches. And I see the power of God working. I see the glory of God coming down into our houses. And I see great things that God wants to do for us. 
You say, preacher, how do you see that? Our country is in, is in turmoil. Our country is in tear, tore up here, there, and yonder. Nobody believes anything anymore in our country. Well, you just got to look in the right places, friend. You know, there are revivals that are happening in our country right now today. There are individuals that are being revived and messages that are being preached from the pulpit right now. Do you know that God is speaking to people right now in churches all across the state of Pennsylvania? And the glory of the Lord is coming into the house. Well, let's get into the lesson today. You say, preacher, that was not the lesson. No, that was just the introduction. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 1 through 13 that we read... Again, I want to share with you about the glory of the Lord. What's it going to take for us to feel the presence of God in this house? Well, first of all, we must make sure that God's will is accomplished. You see, here in this scripture we find that God's will was accomplished because the, the temple was built exactly by the person who wanted, he wanted to build it and also the, way, the exact way that God wanted it to be built. In Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 6, the Word of God says, And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. In other words, one way that they would know that this is exactly what God wanted to happen is when the glory of the Lord shone in the place. And I can guarantee you today, when we do exactly what God wants us to do in this place, the glory of the Lord will shine in this place and it will show us that we've done exactly what God said. Souls will be saved. The church will grow. Individual Christians will grow in their faith and in their, in their walk and their move of God. And we then as a church will be a blessing unto God. And we will not be that stench in the nostrils of God. We'll be that blessing, that sweet smelling savor that God smells. Now, notice something here too, that everyone was supposed to uh, be there was there. Do you know, I believe this today, that... There are some people in our church that decide not to come on a Sunday here and there and yonder. I understand that for whatever reason it may be. Whether they decide just not to come because they have to work or they decide not to come because there's something else that they want to do. I understand all that. But, dear friend, I do believe that every time that we gather in the house of God, everybody is here that God wants to be here at that given time. Now, there are others that could have been here, and if they were here, then God would have wanted them here at that present time as well. You see, because God gives us a free will, and God gives us a choice to make that decision whether I'm going to be in the house of God or not. He even warns us in the New Testament to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So He warns us to make sure that we are in church and not to forsake it. And while we are in church, then God wants us here. He wants us here so we can hear His Word, so we can lift up holy hands and praise Him. So everyone here that day that was at that temple was supposed to be there, and God knew it. The temple was built the way that God intended, and the temple was built by the right man, Solomon, and the temple was built at the right time. Remember, I shared with you that David had wanted to build the temple. He had been wanting to do this for years. Preparation had already been made. So when David passes away, 
Solomon now becomes king. You can read this in chapters uh, 3 and 4 of 1 Kings. And then when you get to chapter 5 of 1 Kings, now Solomon begins his preparation for the temple. And from chapter 5 into chapter 8, you see the temple being built. And now in chapter 8, the temple is completed. And the blessing of the Lord is the fact that if we're going to have a temple, if we're going to have a place where God, that we meet with God, then God must be there. Amen? And I believe that God must be in this place if we want His blessings. Amen? Now God has been in this place many, many times before. And I pray that God will always be in this place many, many times after this. You see, God's will was accomplished. I so dearly want God's will to be accomplished in this house and outside this house as well. I don't want my will necessarily to be accomplished or your will to be accomplished. It must be God's will. Not only was God's will accomplished and that's how that God's presence and His glory can fill this place, but also God was well pleased with what happened. Enoch uh, said this in uh, about Enoch, rather, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5. And the Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. You see, I think one of the most important things that we miss in our churches and in our worship services sometimes is that we are not pleasing God. We come in here and we try to please everybody else. And listen, dear friend, I, I have learned that I continue to learn every day of my life that I cannot please everyone in this church. And, and I'm not here to please everyone in this church. I am here to please God and God alone. Amen? And if I please God, then everyone else should be pleased because we're pleasing God. And then God is pleased because He looks down upon the congregation. He looks down upon me and He says, Look, you know, y'all are not doing it by self. You're not doing it by self-righteousness. You're doing it by the Holy Spirit. And you're letting the Holy Spirit of God move you. You're letting the Word of God move you. You're letting the things that I want to be done in that church be done. You see, I think sometimes we get too self-motivated. We get too self-righteous. And God is not pleased then. And we have to be so careful of that. Because God wants Himself to be pleased. And honestly, I want God to be pleased. When God looks into our church and He looks at our congregation, He looks at me, I want Him to be pleased. I want to know that one day when I stand before Him, that God can say, well done. Well done, preacher. You did good. I, I don't want it because I want to pat on the back. I want it because I want to make sure that I please God. When I was growing up, I used to try to do the best I could to, to listen, to obey my parents because I wanted to please them. But listen, dear friend, as much as I wanted to please them, I could not sometimes because of my flesh. And today, as much as I want to please God, sometimes flesh gets in my way just like it does yours. But here at this time, the flesh had not gotten in the way. It did get in the way of David, and that's why God didn't allow him to build the temple. The flesh got in his way one morning when he was supposed to be out on the battlefield, but he decided to not go that day. I think I'm just going to go stay home today and step out on my front porch, and I think I'm just going to look out across, the, across my kingdom and be so proud. 
And you know, I, I remember seeing this cute little woman over there on the top of the roof one day. And he looks out this day and he sees that cute little woman by the name of Bathsheba. And Bathsheba was taking a bath that morning. And he lusted after her. And because of that, God did not allow him to do some things that God would have allowed him to do if he had just followed God. You see, that didn't please God. And we commit sin, it does not please God. When we, when we disobey God, it does not please Him. And so I want God to be pleased. I want us to live our lives in such a way where God can be pleased every day of our lives with each one of us. That's why sometimes when I get up here and I preach, sometimes it, it's a hard message to preach. And I'm not browbeating you and I'm not trying to punish you or anything of that nature. And I want you to understand that. But I want you to understand that God wants to be pleased with you. And I want Him to be pleased with you. So we find here in this scripture that God was pleased. God, His glory would not have filled the temple if, his, if He was not pleased. And I can tell you here today that God's glory will not fill this place unless He is pleased with what we're doing. So God's will was accomplished. God was very well pleased by the work that they did and the commitment that they made. I know that they made commitment because you, you see how many people that it said was there. Uh, as we back up in verse 4, it says, and they brought the, well, let's see, let's back on up from there. Let's go on to verse 1. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel. By the way, the elders of Israel, uh, this was the, uh, the high authority that was there. He had the high authority there. He had the lowest people there, the peasants and, and everyone that was poor. He had the middle class there. Everybody came. Wouldn't it be great if everybody from our community and everybody from our city here, that everybody would come out? You say, preacher, we wouldn't be able to hold everybody. Right. You know, wouldn't that be a blessing? I remember years ago when we'd have uh, the old-fashioned uh, camp meetings and the old-fashioned uh, uh, revivals outside under a brush arbor. We'd have people sitting under the brush arbor. We'd have people in, in lawn chairs sitting outside of that, people standing outside of that, the gate coming into that just to hear the preaching of the Word of God. And souls were saved. Amen. I remember sitting on them... them uh, half-cut logs and you didn't squirm on them half-cut logs because if you did you wound up getting a splinter in your behind you know and I don't know maybe God used that splinter in somebody's behind to say ow and the Holy Spirit moved you know <laughs> I don't know but I can tell you there were some good times there were some good times with the preaching and and good times seeing people get saved and God filled those brush arbors and tabernacles with his presence I believe also the glory of the Lord God's blessings flowed forth here in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 2 the Bible says there and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God I like the fact that he says that all these blessings are going to come on thee, but then I like it even more that he says that they will come on thee and overtake thee, you know. Uh, when I was uh, young, I was skinny as a rail, and I ran track, you know. And I was fast. And uh, I remember running and racing against people, you know. 
And there they are in front of me, and I'm just a striding along, you know. I'm just a getting it. And all of a sudden, he's beside of me now. And now he's not no longer beside of me. I've done overtaken him, you know. And I'm in front of him now. And I get to the end of the line and win the race or come close to winning the race. But always the one that I wanted to beat, I will try my best to be faster than him. I remember when I was in ninth grade, I believe it was, there was a boy in school. His name was Anthony Leake. And he was known as the fastest boy in school. And one day I said, Anthony, I said, you and I, we're racing today. And Anthony looked over at me, and Anthony said, let's do it. I said, all right, when we get to P.E., we're racing. And we got out there in P.E., you know, we dressed out, had our shorts on, had our, had our tennis shoes on, our T-shirts, and, and here we go. We get on the line. Some of the boys, they said, all right, on your mark, get set, and go. When they said go, I was like a bolt of lightning, you know. And I took off, and I ran. And me and Anthony, we were neck and neck going down through there. And then all of a sudden, I said, man, let me pour it on. And I started pouring it on, and I saw Anthony kind of getting about right here. And I poured it on a little bit more, and guess what? I beat him. Now, he could beat me on the long tracks, but I could beat him on the short ones. The fastest boy in school was no longer Anthony Leake. Now the fastest boy in school was me. I overtook something, you see. You see what I'm trying to get you to see here? God says that the blessings would come to you if you'd hearken unto what the Lord says. But not only will the blessings come to you, the blessings will overtake you. In other words, what he's saying there is, I will give you so many blessings that you cannot receive all those blessings. And you'll be standing back here and the blessings will be up there so that you can see them in front of you. And God will be so blessed to have you to get the blessings, you see. How many of y'all like blessings? Blessings are like gifts, you know. Anybody like gifts? Anybody? I like gifts. I like blessings. And I love to be blessed. And God says, I'll let the blessings overtake you. Whew. I don't know. That, that might not hit you right yet, but when you get on your way home, about, you know, about a quarter mile from your house, it's going to hit you and you're going to say, Whoa! That's what that preacher was talking about, you know. Blessings. Oh, we sing that song. Showers of blessings, showers of blessings. We what? We need we do need the blessings, don't we? And God says, I'll put them on you. And here, the Lord blessed that day in that tabernacle. And all those people gathered together. And the glory of the Lord began to fall down upon the, the priest and all the people that were there. In fact, it was so great that they had to kneel and humble themselves. Humility is something we need in our churches today. From the pulpit to the pews. You see, I, friend, I, I'm just God's vessel. I'm just God's vessel that He uses here in this place to speak to you. And you're just the ones He speaks to, friend. And we must listen to Him. God's blessings will flow. As we think about God's blessings flowing, we think about the things that that brings into our life. 
That means that God's going to forgive our sins and God's going to help us follow Him more closely. It means justification will come into our lives even quicker. It means He's going to adopt many people into His family. And by the way, that's what we've had. We've had the adoption into His family. We were born into His family through the adoption by and through Jesus Christ and His precious blood. We're going to have education about heaven. Amen? Because God's going to give it to us from His Word. We're going to be given grace and mercy. And these things will all follow. And, and He's going to help the people of older age. He's going to help the younger ones learn. You know who said all those things? A good old preacher by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. great man of God great revivals happened many souls were saved through his preaching you see there's things that need to happen to us in our churches today first of all we need to get right with God secondly we need to get right with one another and our neighbors we need to have the right kind of relationships in our churches we need power in our churches and the only way we're going to get power in our churches is by doing these things that we've already mentioned you see, there's two types of water wheels. There's a water wheel which uh, these are used to generate power. And one type, the water runs over the wheel and it turns the wheel this way. The other type is the water runs under the wheel and it makes it go this way. Do you know which one is the most effective one? The one that is actually the most effective one is the water running over the wheel. You see, and what we need is we don't need God running under us. We need God running over us, dear friends. And that's where the effectiveness will happen. And that's where the greatest power comes from when God is up here instead of us putting Him down there. You see, sometimes we trample on God and His will to get our will done. And then people do not get saved. But when we, when we let the spiritual water run right, the power of that wheel spins right, people get saved, people get right with God, and the blessings flow. And then in closing today, the glory of the Lord departed. Not in this story, but in another story. You see, the glory came down to that tabernacle that beautiful temple that Solomon had built and his people had built. But in 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 21, we find that the glory departed. There was a man by the name of Samuel. And there were others there too. There were Hophni and Phinehas that were there. And the glory of the Lord departed and the child that was born, he was named Ichabod. And the reason that he was named Ichabod is because Ichabod means the glory of God has departed. Now, wouldn't you hate to have the name Ichabod? Just to have that name, no matter what it means, you know. Ichabod, come to the, come to the blackboard and write your math out. Ichabod, Ichabod, where are you? 
I'm glad when when I think about that I'm glad my name is Tim <laughs> how sad that the glory of the Lord had departed you see when we quit doing what God asked us to do the glory departs and how sad it is today that in many churches across our land the glory has departed and all we have now in our churches is a sense of religion we have social clubs in our churches now people that want their ears tickled listen friends I'm not here to tickle your ears I'm not here to tickle your feet I'm here to let the word of God step on your feet amen because it steps on mine and I must remind you that if it steps on your feet and your toes it had to step on mine first sad enough in our churches of today people just don't want to hear the truth they want you to they want you to make them happy and feel good that's this seeker sensitive generation and there are so many churches out there today that have this seeker sensitive understanding and this contemporary movement that they have Let's, and the pastors and the, the, the staff, they'll try to do their best to entertain their congregation. And I know I say something goofy and funny every once in a while. That is basically is just to break up the monotony. But listen, friends, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not an entertainer. God called me to be a preacher and a pastor. And that's what I am. And we are not here to be entertained. We're here to hear the Word of God. We're here to preach it and to live it and then to allow his blessings to come and when that happens people get saved and the glory of the Lord fills the house and we fill it every single time we're here now I will say something friends I believe the glory of the Lord is in our house amen I feel the power of God I feel the blessings of God and so that means we're doing something right amen you know Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing the right thing. Let's keep getting God's blessings. I, I, want, I want His blessings to overtake me. Amen? I want His blessings to overtake you. And, and, and basically what that means is that we stand back and say, Oh my goodness, God did that? Wow. Blessings that overtake you are blessings that you know you couldn't have done yourself. And things that only God can do. Are you willing to do what it takes to keep the glory of God here? Are you willing to do what it takes to have God every service fill this house full of his, of his smoke, if you will? Enough to bring us all to our knees. Be careful what you pray for. Enough to bring us all to our knees that we're all humble enough to say, Lord, here I am, send me. Let's all stand with the heads bowed and eyes closed. God's Word is powerful, and that's what it took that day. It took the power of God to come into the place, the Word of God. And when it entered into the house of God, great things began to happen. But do you know what happened when Ichabod was written over that? 
they quit obeying the Word of God. Let's not be that way, friend. Let's not be people that disobey God. Let's follow His Word and follow His truth and keep the glory of the Lord here in this place. Maybe there's someone today that would say, Preacher, I've not been doing what I should do as a Christian. Would you pray for me? Would you slip up your hand where you are right now? I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you. God bless you. Is there someone else? Just slip it up and put it down. You see, we want to keep the glory here. And the only way we can do it is for us to all to gather together and to praise Him. And for the right things to be done at the right times. Father, as I come before your throne of grace today, Lord, I am so blessed and I am so thankful today. Father, I thank you for visiting with us here today and, Father, so many times before today. And Father, my prayer today is that we would allow you to keep your glory here. Father, if it takes humbling ourselves down on our knees, then humble us, Father. Father, whatever it takes for your glory to be here, I, I pray, Father, that you would allow that to happen. And yet, Lord, we even must be careful praying this prayer. Father, I don't want to stand in the way of your glory. Now, Father, I don't believe that anyone in this church would want to stand in your way of the glory being here. So, Father, I ask you to help us, Lord, to yield unto thee that your will might be accomplished and, Father, that you might be able to stay here. Father, I, I, I see in my mind's eye, I see great things, Lord, great things that you're doing and great things that you want to do. And, Father, I'm asking you, Lord, to use our church to allow those great things to be accomplished. Bless each and every individual here. Father, you know our hearts individually. You know where we stand and what we are. And so, Father, I ask you, Lord, <clears throat> that you would bless each one. Father, if there's sin in our lives, I pray, Father, that that sin would be revealed and, Lord, we would repent of it and put it under the blood as well, even right now as we pray. And, Father, help us not to commit those sins again. Father, help us to, to be removed from that place and step up to a higher plane. And then, Father, help us to stay in this race and help us to keep receiving these blessings. For, Father, we love you and we praise you this day. Bless those that raise their hands today, Father. Help them, Lord, to get those things in their life where it needs to be. Give them the encouragement they need to do that. And help them, Father, to, Lord, just to be some of your best workers. And, Lord, we ask this today in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for his sake alone. Amen. Well, friend, God bless you. It's so good to have you in, in the house of God today. Uh, but more than that, it's good having God here in the house today. Amen? Amen. I love it when he gets to come. Amen? Amen. 
and uh, I want him to come every single service, and so it's good to have him in the house. Well, uh, we're going to ask Brother Ed if he would dismiss us in a word of prayer, but we'll look forward to seeing everybody back here tonight. Amen? All right. Brother Ed.